Hello, hello, and welcome to Pick and Play Podcast, uh, The Grand Return. Today we are joined by Leo from Florida, where the coronavirus is not stopping beach time for anyone yet. How you doing, Leo? Good, good. Getting a little bored inside, but I'm good. Yeah, we're both work from home as of now, which is real tough because the thing I find is we end up putting the things we don't want to do at work at home, and now we're surrounded by them. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'm realizing that it is good to go into the office just to get that break. (laughs) Yes, it is. Working from home isn't as special when you're always home. Always home. I know, I know. It's fun to cheat and do it. When you have to do it, it's a little different. But today we're going to be breaking down what's happened in the NFL uh, over the last couple days. That includes the wide-ranging coach uh, QB carousel, where it currently is. We're going to do a quick walkthrough of every team, as long as the team has made significant changes. significant moves we're going to cover it uh basically give us about 10 teams that we're going to walk through um and let's start at the top of the list alphabetically and go with a team that probably pulled off one of the most insane trades i've seen in my lifetime and that would be the arizona cardinals trading a bucket of water and a few picks for deandre hopkins that moves him out of your division leo how are you feeling I want to give a big, big shout-out to Bill O'Brien. Yep. I mean, I just think that he's doing a great job over there in Houston. I, I hope he gets an extension. Yeah. Uh, he's the I, GM. I'm loving the moves. I'm yeah. loving it as a Titans fan. Yeah. I, I, no, that, that deal was terrible. terrible. Like, what the fuck was that? I don't know, man. I, I really, I look at it from an Arizona perspective. It's great for them. Uh, you were going to give your young quarterback uh, a veteran leadership uh, player in uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Then you're going to, you're kind of going to saddle him with some, and then you have Christian Kirk, you know, a young up-and-coming wide receiver. And then right in the middle of those two ranges is DeAndre Hopkins, who is also uh, an A1 starter. So you really have a great wide receiver range for your young quarterback to learn from, from Larry Fitzgerald to DeAndre Hopkins to Christian Kirk and the other thing is they're all kind of three different types of wide receivers um so for for Arizona to give up David Johnson basically Arizona cut salary gave up a second and a fifth got back DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth and a fourth they got a fourth with it I mean this is and then uh, you know, we're, we're going to move to the next team here with a wide receiver trade. But, I, I mean, this is crazy to me, um, making that move. And I don't understand how, as a Texans ownership, unless you're checked out as the ownership, how you can keep Bill O'Brien around for much longer. I think that, honestly, looking at Arizona's, uh, looking at their roster for next year, they're, they're looking like they could be exciting. Because, I mean, they, they didn't even give up much. They didn't want to play David Johnson by the end of last right. year. He was getting a healthy scratch. So no. they gave up some, some shit that they didn't want to pay anyway. And it came up all roses. I think that whoever Arizona's GM is, bless him. Uh, Steve Keim. And Steve Keim uh, had done some questionable things. He was the one that drafted Rose and fired, hired Steve Wilkes, drafted Rose and fired Steve Wilkes, <laughs> fired Josh Rosen, and then turns around next year, goes Cliff Kingsbury, Kirk, um, not Kirk, um, uh, Kyler Murray, and then fires right into uh, this trade. So I will say this, I uh, need to see from Arizona some willingness to help the defensive side of the ball. we've seen the Chip Kelly offense in the NFL already. We saw that with the Eagles, which is very similar to Cliff Kingsbury's style of up-tempo attacking offense. Uh, That doesn't help your defense, and your defense eventually wears itself out until they, and this is, uh, we're going to have a later pod about potential MVP candidates. I do not consider him an MVP candidate in Kyler Murray for next year. A lot of people are following that trend, but just let that count out of the bag until they improve their O-line and D-line. The team's going to be fun. You're 100% right. I don't think wins will come with it. That's my that's my take on the Cardinals. I think they'll be fun, but you still got the 49ers and the Rams and Seattle to deal with. Yeah, in terms of win-loss, I think that it's going to take some time for Kyler Murray still. Uh, but for your fantasy team, you're going to want some Cardinals next year. Big time. All of them. Uh, you know, uh, from Kenyon Drake to Kyler, they have four 
A starters, I think, between Kirk, DeAndre, Murray, and uh, Kenyon Drake. I think they're going to have four top ten players there. Um, you want to close thought out? No, that's all I got on Arizona. Okay. Uh, we're going to move down to the next team that's made a few moves uh, alphabetically. Uh, that's the Baltimore Ravens. Now, what I want to do, I'm going to take this. I'll give you 30 seconds. You owe me a little bit of trash talk. We haven't spoken since uh, you guys pummeled us. So I'll go ahead. Yeah. I'll give you that platform. If you're ready for it, give you, give you, give you some time to give it back. I just want to say. I'm not going to take too long on this, but I just want to say for anyone that's listening that this man, Matt, spent a whole week texting my phone about how it was impossible that the Titans and Derrick Henry would pull off the victory. And they did. They did pull off the victory, and it was beautiful. And it's been a few months now, so I'm not as hype about it as I was. If you caught me the day after, I would have had a lot of screaming and yelling to do. I couldn't live with myself after it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was stunned. I, I felt great. That, that whole AFC Championship run felt great. Fuck that noise. That was bullshit. It was bullshit. We play each other next year. That's coming up again. So we'll get it. We'll we'll get it there. But fuck that hurt. Okay. It was it was amazing for me, Derrick Henry. I Give know. Him his money. John Robinson, pay him. So here's, here's the great segue. The Ravens gave up more rushing yards last year than they did in the history of their team. And one of the, oh, I think it's like last 20 years or something. And one of the things they've done is immediately fix that issue. <laughs> uh, they went out, they, they, they fleeced the Jaguars for an all-pro in Calais Campbell. Uh, yeah, I didn't understand that one either. Shout out to the Jaguars too. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, basically, the Ravens traded a kicker, Kader Vedvik, to the Vikings last season, uh, Kader did not make the team. They got a, the Ravens got a fifth round pick for him, and they turned that fifth round pick into Calais Campbell. So they turned a kicker no longer on anyone's team into Calais Campbell. Uh, that's what good franchises do. They also signed Michael Brockers. So that defensive line uh, between. Um, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, and Michael Brockers, they can stretch their arms out and reach something like 12 feet across. Uh, that's a lot of human. Um, you guys definitely taught us a valuable lesson about not being able to stop the run, and they went out and responded. But as good teams do, they make a bunch of good free agent signings. Uh, they also signed Matt Judon. Uh, besides that... Ravens really just holding steady. I think they're done in the market. Hey, were you able to? I, I, I haven't kept track of the NFL awards and stuff, but have you been able to collect on your Lamar bet? Oh, yeah, I collected on my Lamar bet. Big time. Ooh. Big time. <laughs> I know you were feeling good. Oh, yeah. Look, it was tough. It was a magical year for the Ravens. Ended super disappointing, but, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, I, there's no chance anyone can ever say that. You know, I was never on the Lamar wagon from the beginning, so I get the, you know, I get that to pat myself on the back, and I may have made my best sports bet of my entire life <laughs> already. Uh, yeah, that that payout. Yeah, yeah, t a hundred bucks, hundred to one. It's a cool ten G. Um, yeah, and I went to I went to put it in the market, and I now I can't do anything with it except just hold on to it, uh, which is fine. But <laughs> the market's a pile. Um, sliding over to another team that made a trade for a wide receiver, and this is just going to shine light on exactly how poorly the trade went for the Houston Texans. A day later, the Buffalo Bills trade for Diggs. Stephon Diggs, who I do not believe has gotten a good chance with uh, Kirk Cousins to showcase his skill set. But they sign Diggs. They give up. They get a seventh rounder and digs. They give up a first, a fifth, a sixth, and a fourth in 2021. Uh, compare this to what they gave up with DeAndre Hopkins, and you got to feel worse about the Texans. But the Buffalo Bills finally get their big name wide receiver after getting shunned by AB last year. Your thoughts on this for the Bills? Does this trade change anything for them? I'm not sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I only say I'm not sure because Diggs really wins deep, you know, and, and 
from what I understand, Josh Allen's deep ball isn't the most accurate. I actually read the other day that it was one of the least accurate deep that is balls correct. among starting quarterbacks. So I don't know how good the fit is going to be. I mean, if Allen's going to improve, then I like it. Regardless, you had to get them someone quality, and I think with Diggs, they got that. Uh, as a Diggs dynasty fantasy owner, a uh, little nervous. So I'm going to tell you this. I think Josh Allen is the next Mitchell Trubisky. I think this year he gets a lot of hype for trying to take the Bills over the top, especially with Tom Brady out, and I think he falls flat on his face. Uh, I do not like Josh Allen. I do not think he's a good quarterback. I think he is a good athlete. Um, He cannot throw the ball in any facet to any area of the field with any type of consistent accuracy. And Diggs going there would be a lot like your car running out of gas and trying, well, I would say you putting gas in the car when it's missing its wheels. It's not going to help it go. You're missing a quarterback. And that's where I think that the Bills, I like what they're doing. You have to kind of commit, and that's what they're doing. They're committing uh, because they see this window of opportunity. I really am going to be fading the Bills very hard this year. Uh, I like their defense. I like their running game. Their offensive line is pretty good. I just don't think Josh Allen can actually get it done. And we've seen time and time again that defenses ebb and flow. And from being a top 10 team, top five defense last year, I think if even a fall into the bottom 10 would drop two wins off their schedule. And I think that's too much. I think Josh Allen is a quarterback where you say, hey, if you only have to do X amount, we can win the game. But it's the second you go above that X amount, it's an instant loss. We saw that with the Texans. He just could not get it done against the Texans in the playoff game. Horrible choices. Could he mature? Yes. Does that mean that, A, he'll make better decisions, and then, B, he'll somehow pick up the athleticism needed to make deep throws? You're asking for a lot uh, in a year to turn around. So I'm actually, you being concerned, I think you have good good reason to be concerned. Um, Yeah, I'm not thrilled to have him on my fantasy team. But that being said, he does have a cannon. So maybe if Diggs gets open enough deep, it won't even matter, you know? Yeah, and, and it could be, you know, uh, the Joe Flacco uh, route where you go, hey, we're going to throw this ball downfield five, you know, ten times a game, period, okay? You're going to get eight of them. <laughs> That's just the way it's going to go. <laughs> and uh, if you catch four of them, great. If you get one PI and three catches, great. We can afford five incompletions on these passes. I think that's what they could go. The problem is I do not think that Josh Allen has the arm that Joe Flacco did. And when you kind of look at deep ball quarterbacks, Joe Flacco is the epitome of what it can look like when it all clicks for a span of time, in, i.e. Uh, 11, in, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, Super Bowl run. Does Josh Allen have that in him? I don't think so. So I, I think uh, even yeah, I don't yeah. think so either. So – Let's slide down. Next team on the list. And alphabetically, most of the teams at the top of this list uh, have made a bunch of moves. It actually peters off towards the bottom. I don't understand why. But uh, the next team that I want to cover is the Carolina Panthers, and I want to cover it for two reasons. Uh, I believe this team will be bad, actually bad, for the next three years. Uh, Oh, no. No Teddy Two Gloves love. Uh, it's not just about him. It's about everything in that team transitioning. A, I think Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is a fine quarterback. But if you had to win one game, who is your starting quarterback? Is it Teddy or would you pick Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, I think, that's I, tough. I think uh, my point's proven. One, uh, game, one game, I might. It depends what the stakes are. I'm going Ryan. I've seen Ryan beat the best of them in gunfights. And when he's on, he's a great quarterback. When he's off, he'll kill you. I think Teddy's in the middle of that. And I think the problem is in the NFL, it comes down to just a bunch of one games. And you win a lot of those going, hey, we're not going to do anything special. But does Teddy take pressure off of Christian McCaffrey? I think the answer is. I think that Teddy can make the throws that he needs to make that 
Kyle Allen wasn't necessarily making last year because Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are both quality receivers. They're good. They get open. They're good and, and talented. I think, yeah. I think Bridgewater can hit the open guy. I just I don't want Bridgewater trying to you know trying to do too much. But with Christian McCaffrey and a couple young receivers, I think they might be all right. That division looks like it's getting real tough, so it might not even matter. So but that's another part. I don't think part. that they'll be bad. The next two years are going to be a Breeze Brady showdown. I do. You're just if you're Carolina, you're kind of looking up, going, "All right, we signed Teddy for three years. He starts for us for two while we rebuild this thing." Mind you, they also lost Luke Keekley, so you're going to lose your basically the heart of your team retired. Your quarterback and Cam Newton was pushed out by the leadership. There's going to be some bad taste in people's mouths. They're going to go through a year where they rebuild the thing and they win five to six games. Because they do have offensive talent, but now their defense is just void of talent. They let Eric Reed go. Um, this will be a team that I think is in the range of four to six wins for the next two years until they get a quarterback and retool. And they could be in the tank for uh, Lawrence. But the Panthers are notable because they have Cam Newton out there right now who's looking for a trade, and there aren't many places to go. Uh, the Chargers... Oh, he goes to New England. The Chargers, New England, these are both open. Here's the thing. Do you think Bill Belichick wants to pay Cam Newton's salary? No. <laughs> well, do you think Cam Newton wants to take a pay cut? That I don't know. I, I don't know if Cam would be willing to take a pay cut. But if he would be willing to take one of those like one-year prove-it deals, he should do it in New England. And, and so my thinking is Bill, that's where I, I it looks great on paper, but Bill's not going to look for a guy stopping in for one day. He's going to want to build again. I think he, Andy Dalton is who could fit in that spot. Ugh. You know, that's the prediction that I've made. I think it's going to be Dalton too, but I don't like it. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, what is Andy Dalton going to win you? If Belichick can put together a run, like a real deep playoff run with Andy Dalton, then then he's got it. You know. Uh, look, he remember he won ten games with Matt Castle. That's true. You're so, right. So Andy Dalton is a playoff quarterback, not a playoff winning quarterback, but a playoff quarterback. Um, so the Panthers, I think, are going to be in a bit of a rebuild. They have Cam Newton leaving their team, Luke Keekley, a lot of faces changing, Ron Rivera. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we could see Cam Newton pop back up uh, with the Redskins, but there are not many teams out there right now looking for a veteran quarterback. Uh, his choices really are limited, but I'm interested to see what happens and where he goes for kind of a prove-it deal. Next team on the list we're moving to, uh, and we'll just touch on this briefly, Chicago Bears trade for Nick Foles. Eh, um, I think that gives you a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know if it gives you the the winner you're looking for. Nick Foles is like Sam Bradford. Uh, he's never been able to stay healthy. I mean, if you're the Bears, who else in, is in that division? They have Green Bay, Minnesota, and who's the last team? The Detroit Lions. The Detroit, oh, well, yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> they're in a similar position to where you say that the Panthers are. Where, you know, you may have some talent, but you're looking at the other teams in the division and you know you're not really going to win anything. Right. So why not take it? You know, why not take two years of Nick Foles? You know, fuck it. Fuck it. That's kind of how I feel. They're a team that I could see where it all clicks and works and then I could see where it's just a disaster. Uh, next team on the list, and uh, this isn't a team that's signed free agents. This is more of a team that is in limbo with their free agents. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have signed Amari Cooper to a gigantic five-year, $100 million deal. Uh, they have signed Zeke Elliott to a huge deal as well, and yet are missing a quarterback. Uh, what do you think happens with Dak and the Cowboys? I'm real curious to see what happens there because they gave Zeke a huge contract. They gave Amari Cooper $100 million. Yeah. But none of that works if you don't have a quarterback. So, you know, what's the point of having the $100 million receiver if you're not going to pay your quarterback? I know that they did the exclusive franchise tag or whatever, but do you know what the issue is? Where Has it been reported where they're falling apart on a deal? So, is it the amount of guaranteed money? Is it, do you know? Here's my thinking. 
I think Dak Prescott's actually taking a playbook from a in uh, in division rival, and that would be Kirk Cousins with the Redskins. And he's going to go. You're going to pay me top five money this year, and then you're going to pay me top five money next year. But it gets boosted if you tag me twice in a row. So I'm actually going to make top five money, and then I'm going to make top two money, and then on top of that, they're going to renegotiate the TV deals which is going to increase the salary cap exponentially, and then he'll sign. So he's basically going to go, you're either going to give me the largest contract ever given out in the history of the NFL right now today, or you're going to franchise me once, which is fully guaranteed. You're going to franchise me twice, which is fully guaranteed. And then you're going to give me the largest contract ever. I think he has all the cards here, and I think it's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to hold out, and they're going to back-to-back it until the NFL signs new TV deals, which is going to boost the cap by like 20 to $30 million in a year. And Dak's going to go, okay, now I'm worth $45 million. $45 million a year, hand it over. And that's what's going to happen. If, if you're Dak and they do tag you twice, do you hit the open market, or do you just take Dallas's deal when they finally give you the money? I think I would test the market. Here's the thing. It's, I think this is all business on Dak's side. I, think, I don't think this has anything to do with the Dallas Cowboys offering a good contract today. We clearly see they do not mind handing out money. They clearly value him. I think this literally is Dak Prescott going, I'm actually going to just wait and see what the, what, what, what the salary cap looks like. What he doesn't want to do is negotiate a deal now that in two years looks very low. And then he's stuck for two. You know, It's going to be a five-year deal. So if you sign it now, and two years later, the NFL, all their TV rights come up, man. So everyone has to rebet on it. That is going to drive the value of the league through the roof. And they're going to turn around, and he's going to go, what, what, what do you want me to do here? You either give me $45 million a year right now, or I'm not signing. And they're going to go, Dak, if we, if we franchise tag you, it only costs us twenty-eight. We can't give you $45 million guaranteed a year for five years. That's crazy talk right now. He's going to go... I know. So franchise me, and then franchise me again, and then I'll see you after that because you're going to be able to give me the largest contract. I'll see you after that. I don't think it has anything to do with ill will towards the Cowboys. I think it's literally just good business on his end. I hope that gamble pays off for him because he's one hit to the knee away from not seeing that $45 million. Yeah, so here's the other thing. Is, is that real anymore? Are we sure about that? How much did Teddy Bridgewater just get, man? Was it $60 million? $60 million. Teddy Bridgewater, who's accomplished way less than Dak Prescott has. And he took a gruesome hit that blew his entire leg into a thousand pieces. And he just got a three-year $60 million contract. So I, the money's still there for Dak, even if he has an injury. I think that's what he looked at. I think when you look at all the pieces now, I mean, Case Keenum's walking around getting $20 million as a backup. Uh, so you, the, these players now are going, hey, maybe I'll just, and not Case Keenum in terms of one year, but over the length of a contract. I think the the gamble to hit it larger than anyone else, the ceiling and the floor, the floor is too high now. The ceiling is too high not to shoot for it every time. If you get hurt, what's what are the Cowboys going to do? Oh, you suffer an ACL injury. Okay. You know, Nick Foles' huge albatross contract where he didn't play most of last year and then got outplayed by Gardner Minshew was still picked up by the Chicago Bears. There's, so that is, That's crazy that they took that money. But that's what I'm saying. There are teams that still want him even if he had an injury. If he got hurt and the Cowboys let him go, there would be seven teams lining up to sign him next year to make them their starter, period. You have a point. So I guess he is playing it the right way. I, and here's the thing. I think the Cowboys are irritated because he won't sign it now. And they want to lock this team in. And, and they can't. <laughs> they can't. Because Dak's going, I, I'm, I'm going to see. I, I'm going to get to the next negotiating period. And then we'll talk. So uh, moving down to the next team here. And then we've got a bit of a gap. And this team we're going to highlight. We talked a little bit earlier about them. They are in your division. They are the Houston Texans. And they have done the stupidest things I've ever seen. Um, 
They acquired David Johnson like we talked about earlier. And here's the thing. DeAndre Hopkins apparently reportedly wanted more money, and that's why one of the reasons they were willing to move off of him. I'm not going to talk about like some of the he said, she said that Michael Irvin brought out that DeAndre Hopkins later denied, but one of the reports that's still out there is that DeAndre wanted a new contract to pay him in the $20 million range because he's currently making $13 million. And then they turn around and sign Randall Cobb to $27 million a year for three years. I don't understand... I just don't understand trying to go from DeAndre to Randall Cobb and then paying Randall Cobb way more money than he's valued. They should have taken every single dollar that they paid Randall Cobb and just added it to DeAndre Hopkins' salary. I don't understand what they're doing there. As a Titans fan, I'm a big fan of their moves. Uh, I celebrated when I saw the trade. I didn't understand, but I, I am confused. That's that's really all I can say about that. I'm confused about what they're doing. This man, Bill O'Brien's gotten rid of Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins within a year and hasn't gotten much back. Uh, as everyone and their mom said, if they would have chilled out for two more days, they could have signed Todd Gurley and still had DeAndre right. Hopkins. So I just don't understand what they're doing or why they're doing it. But I don't know. Maybe it's an ego thing. If him and Hopkins really weren't getting along, then maybe that was the solution. But that's certainly not going to help you re-sign Deshaun Watson, which should be a priority. No, and uh, so let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, are you – you're Deshaun Watson. Uh, are you re-signing with the Texans in, in two years? Contract's up in two years. What are you doing? I'm out of there. I'm out of there too. I think he could be an unprecedented move where he leaves – they franchise tag him and he goes if you franchise me i will sit out i do not care you can find me it does not matter to me and bill o'brien's going to be stubborn as fuck and he's going to hold out on him and in two years we're going to see this awful thing and then deshaun watson will get traded somewhere for like three first round picks um and a whole horde of things because people are going to go that's my franchise quarterback and that's a winner um i think they miss the division i think uh, also that that could mean that bill o'brien's fired before then but I think that they miss the playoffs next year, and then they miss the playoffs the year after, and Bill O'Brien gets fired. I think that's over. I, I, I'm, I'm stunned at how, how they are treating their rookie quarterback, um, and I, I have no idea what their long-term plans are. If you're Houston, right, if you're Houston's owner, and you see that within a year your team is gone from DeAndre Hopkins and Jadavion Clowney, to neither of them yeah and you don't have a first round pick to show from it how do you justify keeping the guy that's making these moves <laughs> like he would have been fired if i was the owner <laughs> look he's also the gm so that's crazy yeah. didn't he also he traded two first round picks for laramie tunsil yep bro i know get this, get this man as a titans fan i would like for that man to keep his job Yep. But if I was a Houston Texans fan, I would be pissed. Look, I, I, I think that, uh, like I said, I think Bill O'Brien's been given too much power. Bill O'Brien, the coach, and Bill O'Brien, the GM, need to fire each other. So uh, I, I, I'm really stunned by that. Um, next team on this list is the Los Angeles Rams. So the Rams are only on this list because they let Todd Gurley go after signing him to a huge deal. We won't belabor this point, but Todd Gurley is how old? 25 or something like that? Yes, like 25 years old. So uh, is he done? I don't know. That's okay. a good question. I think he's My done. My opinion on it is that he is 25, but doesn't, didn't he... Didn't they say last year he had, like, knee tendonitis or something already? Two years ago, it came out that he had knee tendonitis, and he had leg issues coming out of college. I think, unfortunately, Todd Gurley's beautiful and bright career, which should have gone into his late 20s, which would have really made him just an, a Hall of Fame lock. I think that knee's done, and as a running back, you're just not going to survive with a bad knee. I think someone's going to uh, – did someone already sign him? Um, yeah, he signed with the Falcons. The Falcons. I think that's a good fit. Uh, they're not really going to run the ball that much. They're going to. They always split it up. Uh, I, he's someone who could get 
Uh, how do, how, who's a good uh, I don't think he's going to be a workhorse anymore, no. but I also don't think he's done. I, I think he'll be useful, but he's not going to touch the ball 30 times a game. I don't think he touches the ball more than 12 times a game, honestly. That low. I, catches and carries. Um, I just think that's where his usage will be. Especially on the Falcons team. So the Falcons traded with the Ravens. They have Hayden Hurst, who I will tell you this is a fantasy pickup. That guy will get – that guy's going to do great in that Falcons system. The Ravens just already had a, a Can I stop a tight end? you real quick? Yeah. Oh, I don't understand that move by Atlanta. I didn't understand that move at all, trading a, a, trading a pick for Hayden Hurst. I, I would have rather just signed Eric Ebron or something for, for the cheap or something. I don't know. Eric Ebron just really signed – Right now, Eric Ebron just signed with the Steelers two years, $12 million. Right. How much is Hurst making? Nothing. He's know? on a rookie deal. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. I see it then. Yep. Yeah. So he's worth nothing. I'll tell you this about Hurst. He was the fastest time clocked by a Raven on the field last year. He's got speed, huh? With Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson, you know, all these burners, he was still the fastest time clocked on the field uh, in one play. Now, uh, he is a – look, he just was buried. He's not a, he's not phenomenal at pass blocking. He's not phenomenal at run blocking. He's a great pass catcher. He's a great route runner. He'll do way better in Atlanta's system. Um, Atlanta uh, with Gurley. Gurley's going to be one of those running backs that you're like, oh, it's – you know, I don't see him on uh, – I could see him on like third and short situations where you need him to sneak for a yard. Uh, first and ten out of the backfield – catching passes uh you know because they've got julio and ridley which are going to pull a lot of attention i think hayden hurst is going to be an unspoken i think that offense is going to be really good the defense is still going to be terrible um but uh you know that they're picking up Gurley. the rams are letting him go um and i think the rams are going to need to reevaluate their already shopping woods i think that's the end of the little run they had uh, i hope they learned a lot of valuable lessons because uh, sean McVay is a great coach uh, if he can continue to learn from the mistakes they make, I think the Rams will be good in the future. I just think right now they're they're going to kind of be benched. While we're on the Rams, real quick, uh, I, I said I've been saying this for a couple of years now. That man Jared Goff is some ass. Yes, until I agree. Until they get rid of him, I yeah. don't know why they paid him, but until they get rid of him, they're not going to win anything. I agree. Anything of me. I agree with you. That's why I had the Rams as missing the playoffs last year. Um, made good value on that it's one of my better bets uh and it was that your quarterback play is not good i, I just fail to see how you get it done um next team on this list as we begin to round the corner to the final turn the new england patriots have let tom brady go tom brady has decided to sign in tampa bay we'll do a two for one here tampa bay close to you not too far he's going to be playing in your state Tom Brady versus Drew Brees twice a year now, and the New England Patriots move on from Tom Brady. So let's start from the exciting perspective of Tampa Bay. What do you see for them now? I live in Tampa, so this is great news for me. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a lot more exciting to be in in uh, in Ray J this this season because Raymond James is typically pretty empty. I expect that to be different this season. Uh, but I think it's pretty cool, honestly. I'm not a Bucks fan, but it's cool knowing that the greatest quarterback of all time is in my backyard and yeah. can go watch them. I've seen a lot of mixed opinions uh, from from fans down here. Uh, I see it, there's a lot of people in the boat of fuck Tom Brady. You know, there's just those people that don't like him. They'll never like him because he was on the Patriots. People hate the Patriots. So there's there's a decent amount of fuck Tom Brady. But for the most part, I think people are excited. I'm excited to see what he can do with Evans and Godwin and and see if he can turn O.J. Howard into something. But I think it'll be exciting, and I think that the Bucks, you know, they're at least in the running for the division now. I don't know how that defense is going to look, so it, it's tough to try and make a prediction. But they're going to be interesting to watch. Well, And I, I do like Brady with Arians. I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, look, I like it. I saw some stat the other day uh, that, and I, and I don't remember whose stat it was, but they said that uh, Brady, over the last five seasons, Brady's had the best deep ball accuracy in the NFL. So, 
if that continues, the Bucks definitely have some guys that can get open deep. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they've got Godwin. Uh, I don't know where Perryman's going to re-sign, but with Godwin and Evans, you've got probably the best weapons that Brady's had in five years. Um, I really like this from a Bruce Arians perspective. I think he's a great coach that'll get a lot of help um, from Brady. I do think this makes it a playoff team, but more importantly, I'll tell you a game you got to go to, man. Drew Brees is going to be down there playing Tom Brady. They play twice a year now. Yeah, I'm going to have to catch one of those games. That's crazy. I might go to New Orleans to watch that. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees twice a year. It looks like we'll get it at least for two years in a row. I don't care what they look like. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so I'm, You know, I would like it if the NFL would do us all a favor, at least do us in Tampa a favor and schedule them for more or flex them into more Sunday night games, flex them into Monday night, because it's really hot here during football season. And I think that's the reason why most people, most casual fans stay away from Raymond James, because I'm really not trying to sit in 100-degree weather. Yeah. Uh, look, I, that's that's one that might be worth it, though. Uh... Oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to catch one of their games this season. That's without a doubt. But I'm saying that's the reason why the stadium's normally pretty empty. Yeah. You go and you're going to sweat. You're, you're going to sweat. Yeah. Boy, that's why you take the shirt off. Um, so let's move this from that perspective up to New England. Uh, I'm going to say this. Over the last three months, I've read uh, multiple books trying to detail the great GMs and coaches through college basketball and the NFL. Uh, because I think those two sports, more than any other, demand great uh, teachings. Uh, you have to teach fundamentals where sometimes in the NBA talent just overrules it. Uh, and in baseball, there's too many different positions to really, you know, there's no like head coach, there's a manager. Uh, they're not the same as the head coach. Uh, so when I tried to look through the sports and determine where should I really look to figure out what coaching means, where it matters the most, I come to college basketball and the NFL. I've read through Bill Parcells's books, Steve Walsh's book, uh, Bill Walsh's book, um, Vince Lombardi, um, uh, you know, a uh, bunch of John Wooden. And the thing that I find all these people at some point, and Al Davis, I went through Al Davis's books, uh, they all at some point mention key characteristics that Bill Belichick completely dominates. And in a lot of the later books, uh, as some of those guys uh, in their heydays were the 50s and 60s and Bill Belichick hadn't coming around, often referred to Bill Belichick as uh, this wonder kid. Uh, Bill Parcells called him a genius boy. And Al, uh, Robert Kraft ended up signing Bill Belichick off a strong recommendation from Bob Knight. So these worlds do intertwine a lot. And I got to say... I believe that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of any sport ever, unquestionably, hands down. While Tom Brady's the GOAT, he was a nobody sixth-round pick that Bill Belichick undefinitely molded into something. And what's terrifying to me is Bill Belichick said, Tom, you can get the fuck out of here. I'm just going to go make another. And Robert Kraft sided with Bill off of these strong recommendations from these uh, historic coaches in, in yesteryear, Bill Parcells, Bob Knight. And what we come to the conclusion of for me is that this is terrifying that Bill Belichick has decided to let the greatest quarterback of all time walk away. To me, this doesn't signify the end of a dynasty, but more importantly could be another train pulling into the station. Uh, and that's what I think as a football fan I'm most terrified about is Bill Belichick actually turning this corner and finding not another Tom Brady, but he went 10, he went 10 games with Matt Castle, and I understand that they had a really good team there. He still put that team together. So I'm actually more worried now. When they had Tom Brady, I knew what I was getting in 43-year-old Tom Brady. I watched him. I saw him. Do you know what they're going to get with anyone else? That's terrifying to me. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've always wanted to see a Belichick Patriots team with a dual threat quarterback. 
I don't think that there's anyone out there right now that could fit that except maybe Cam. And maybe that's why I want Cam to go there. Yeah. But I just think it'd be funny to watch them dominate because you know that they would do it the best way possible. So I, I want to see I want to see Belichick with it with a dual threat guy back there. But like you say, I am worried to see who Tom's replacement is. And depending on who it is, that'll determine how worried I'm gonna be. That's that's my stance on it. But it's weird that Tom Brady's gone. Yeah, it is weird. Very weird. The NFL is gonna look very different. Um, if if it's Dalton that replaces Brady, I'm not that. You know, I understand that they can win games, but I'm not terrified. You know, but you know, someone someone like Jameis Winston might be a little scary under Belichick. You know, if you can coach the bullshit out, I think that that could be an interesting signing. I, I think that Jameis Winston's everything that Bill Belichick hates in a quarterback. Yeah, no, you're probably right. <laughs> And, and that's that's why they won't be partners there. Is I don't see that I don't see that correlation. I think Jameis Winston does things off script, and for Bruce Arians to basically say we can do what he did with anybody, I think was the most indicting piece. Um, so I, I really think that Jameis is going to have to take backup money somewhere and try to fight for a starter position because I, I don't see anyone choosing. Would you pick Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, or Jameis Winston? In my opinion, if you were to give them all to me right now, I'm going Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, and Jameis in that order. And the reason why is I don't know if Cam's fully healthy. If you can guarantee me Cam's fully healthy, I'm going to go Cam, Dalton, Jameis. But regardless, no, there's no information you could give me to move Jameis up that board. And there are only like three teams. There are only like two teams looking for quarterbacks still right now. Uh, the Chargers and maybe LA, uh, the LA Raiders, not LA Vegas Raiders. So, I, I, if you're Belichick, what are you doing to start the season right now? Are you going to ride with Stidham? Are you going to draft someone? Are you going to try to roll with one of those free agents? What would you do if it was your choice? Um, if I'm Bill, I'm not. I'm I, I'm going to see if I can get Andy Dalton for like a six round pick. Um. And if not, I'm going to kind of go with what I have. I don't want Cam Newton in my locker room, and I don't want Jameis Winston in my locker room. It's that simple. Uh, Because Cam Newton isn't a team-first guy in the way he portrays himself. I don't know how he is behind closed doors, but that's not Bill. Bill doesn't want people. Cam's got a clothing line he tries pushing. You know, Cam's got a brand. You know, the first time he's up there, dressed up and it's every single day and the media is asking questions about that and pulling away from his focus on the team that's not bill man that's just not who he is andy dalton's quiet unsuspecting just keeps his head down and goes to work that fits what bill's looking for i just don't see cam newton could surprise me it would just it would really shock me that he would go i'm willing to pay cam newton the amount i was will uh, the the amount of money i could have given to tom brady that to me this whole thing, Andy Dalton is the only one that makes sense because he's the only one they could use for a short term and throw in the scrap heap. And he would just shut up and do his job. I kind of think that they stick with Stidham. Yeah, that's that's. I don't I'm have any to. basis for for that assumption. I just feel like, I just feel like they're going to. So, last team on the list I've got here, and it's your team. I want to talk a little bit of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you guys haven't made any big moves, but you've done a couple of rearranging pieces. Tarek Henry gets the franchise tag. Uh, expensive, but I think it's the way to go with a running back. You don't want to sign him to a long-term deal. We know that about running backs. Tannehill, four years, $118 million. That's a lot of money. Um, and then uh, you guys, who was the, you traded away one of your linemen, right? Uh, well, a defensive lineman, yeah, the heart of the defense, man. They traded Jarrell Casey. Yeah, Jarrell Casey and Conklin went to the Browns. So, how do you feel about the current state of the Tennessee Titans? Um, not too bummed about Conklin. I'd say that I expected that one. He was going to get paid by someone, and I knew that it wasn't going to be the Titans because his backup, uh, Dennis Kelly, performed pretty well when he had to when Conklin was injured and he had to step in and. 
Kelly was also up for a contract renewal. So my assumption since the season ended was that they were going to let Conklin go and sign Kelly. And that's exactly what they did. So that one wasn't too shocking. Um, Jarrell Casey, though, that one caught me off yeah. guard. That caught me off guard because he's been a pro bowler, I think, five years in a row now. Yeah. He was the, you know, he's been the backbone of the defense. He's one of, like, two players that's left from when the Titans were winning two games in a season. And uh, I guess his price tag was a little too high. So John Robinson got him out of there. That was shocking. Uh, they opened up, I think, like $11 million in cap space with that room. So I'm going to wait to judge the move until I see what they do with that cap room. I've seen rumors of them being linked to Jadavion Clowney. Uh, so if, if they traded Casey to get Clowney, then it's all good. I'm not mad at it. I get it. Uh, but if they just did a salary jump just to do it and there's no one coming from that, I don't like it. Um, in terms of Derrick Henry, he got the franchise tag. I can see both sides of the coin. As a Derrick Henry fan, I wish that he would have gotten his money. He deserves his money. He's the reason that the Titans were in the AFC Championship game. And if they fed him a little more in the championship game early, who knows what would have happened. Um, so, I, you know, I, I would like to see him get paid as a fan. Yeah. But as a fan of the Titans, I 100% agree with applying the franchise tag instead of giving him a ridiculous amount of money that's just going to kill the team in the end. Yep. I think Melvin Gordon signed today with the Broncos for two years, $16 million. <laughs> So that, Melvin Gordon's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if giving Henry the, you know, the four-year, $50 million, $60 million, whatever it is that, they, that he wants, I don't think that that's the best idea when you can get Melvin Gordon for two years, 16 Yeah, I actually agree. Well, I, I'm torn. I'm yeah, torn. Tannehill's deal wasn't so bad. I don't think it's it's, it's a two-year deal, really. Yeah, is it's he falls into the bucket that you were explaining earlier, where you're saying like, uh, yeah, Dak could sign now, but in two three years that deal's gonna look cheap. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what the Titans did with Tannehill. They locked him in now. Uh, the unguaranteed years are the years that he's getting paid the most. So I would assume he's probably gonna get cut before he's too expensive. Uh, not a big deal. Yep. How do you think you guys do next year? I think that the Titans win the division next year only because I think everyone else got weaker. Uh, you don't like I Philly Rivers? touch on the Colts. We skipped over the Colts, but yeah. they are my biggest concern. Well, they're always my biggest concern as a Titans fan, but more so now because um, who was it that they traded for from the 49ers? Was it DeForest Buckner? Buckner. So they, they traded for DeForest Buckner to shore up the run D. I'm sure that that move was directly aimed at stopping Henry. Um, and then they signed Phillip Rivers, which I have mixed feelings about. I'm not scared of Phillip Rivers at all. Uh, I'm more than okay with having to face him twice a year. But at the same time, you know, he has a higher ceiling than Jacoby Brissett. You know, like... He, he, he was getting hit a lot last year, and I think that that had something to do with his interception numbers. But I think that that team's ceiling is higher with him at quarterback than it was with Brissett. So they, they still got to keep an eye out on that. Yep. Well, so my thing I'm interested Colts... to see what they do, though. I'm, I'm very interested because the Colts, they, they're building a nice little defense over there. If Rivers can give them anything resembling – you know, a real version of Phillip Rivers, they might be the team that comes out on top of the division. But we're going to have to wait and see on that. Who's the team in your division that's not doing anything? It's it's you, Titans, Texans, Colts. Who's the other Jags. team? Jags, that's it. I was like, who's the one that – one of you guys is, is shooting holes in the bottom of their own boat to let the water out. Uh, that's the Jags. Okay, so – That's the Jags every year. Yeah. So <laughs> we've got – I really think that you're going to be in a three-team race at the top there. Um, I don't think any of you guys will pull away with it unless Phillip Rivers has a turnaround season. The, I think that you guys will all be locked in between 9 and 11 wins, as you all do, uh, and fighting for the division. I think that's where you guys will be at your best. Yeah, I think 10 wins wins the AFC South this coming season. 
So whoever can get the double digits, I think that's going to be who takes the W. I'm, I'm not as high on, on Houston this coming season because you get rid of your best weapon and yep. how am I supposed to feel better about you? I think you Houston's like done. Maybe they'll be able to run the ball a little better if David yeah. Johnson can remember how to do that. But no, no. They're not done. a huge concern. That team's done. They just fucked themselves. Uh, I don't know the how Jags, many... I'm never worried about. Yeah. If they surprise me, fine, but I'm never worried about them. Yeah. It's the Colts that worry me because if Phillip Rivers bounces back, now all of a sudden that team looks scary. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm we're in alignment. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of there's not a whole lot of pieces to move. We're going to do the draft and then we'll see. We'll be right up against the season before we know it with this quarantine. Any other parting thoughts? Uh, no, no. I'm hoping NBA comes back soon. I need something, man. Like, I'm used to not being able to watch football right now, but I need some basketball. No NCAA. No NCAA, no NBA, although I am a fan of possibly having the playoffs go into, you know, July, August. That that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, It'll be different because the NFL is going to start up. I don't know if the league wants to go against that. Yeah, but the NFL starts when? Late August? That's when preseason starts? Uh, you can go August. against yeah. training camp. Yeah, I, I training camp's that. fine, but you can't go further. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you want to. Uh, I think if it bleeds into preseason time, that's fine. But if it gets to the regular season, you don't want that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the NBA definitely doesn't have to. This has been a bit of a debacle of a season for them. They're not due to their own fault but a lot of external things and we'll get into that on the nba pod uh where can everyone find you sauce castillo jr on twitter uh that's it that's the only one i'll plug all right well leo we'll uh sync back up uh try to put out some content during this quarantine period uh thanks for joining me on friday i'll have this out later for the folks Uh, and as always you can find us pick and play 37 uh on twitter Uh, We are going to be moving the platform to Spotify at some point during the summer. Uh, Leo, thanks for joining me, and we will sync back up to do NBA sometime soon. All right, let me know. I'm ready. Will do, man. All right. Don't got nothing better to do. (laughs) Sounds good. Everyone take care.